Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to uh, episode 48, wow, of No Place Like <laughs> yeah. Tara, a Stargate First Rock rewatch podcast. I'm Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we're going over season three, episode three, Fair Game, aka not the shitty Cindy Crawford movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's other aka's, but that's that's my favorite for now, and the rest are, are spoilers. Mine was just like, negotiation made fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just want to preempt, uh, we, we are recording in, in a nice, fairly sudden, pretty uh, loud thunderstorm that's popped up. So yeah, if you know, you, one of those flash storms. That, yeah. Uh, they're so charming. <laughs> so if you if you hear thunder, uh, I was about to say if you hear thunder and lightning, but you yeah. wouldn't hear lightning. If you hear yeah. thunder, uh, that is thunder. I hear thunder. And if we randomly and break lightning. in the middle of an episode, it's because our power flickered. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we're playing Russian roulette with the power So today. right now we're just going to go as speedily through the episodes as possible. <laughs> yeah, because we know how to record things in speedily. Oh, yeah. And we're very good at uh-huh. We're very good at summarizing. Yep. Summarize newscast style. <laughs> There's a reason I'm not summarizing things for a living. Anyway, so this episode first aired on July 9th, 1999. Uh, it was written by Robert C. Cooper, directed by Martin Wood. Nice. All names we know. Um, guest stars. We have Michael David Sims plays Secretary of Defense Arthur Sims, which mm. I like to think they just kept the same ass they name. They were like, crap, because, we couldn't think of a yeah. name. Uh, yeah, what's your last name Sims? for yeah. Secretary of Defense? Sims. Um, Ron, maybe that was his selling point in the audition. He's maybe. like, I already answered a Sims. Exactly. That it's could so be. easy. That yeah. could be. <laughs> Ron Halder plays Cronus. Um, Ron actually does a ton of voiceover work, including Inuyasha, Death Notes, wow. uh, Care Bears. One of the Care Bear, like the m- more recent ones. Oh, Holy moly. And a bunch of DC and Marvel animated shows. So nice. Uh, he has I wonder who nice... he's played on the DC ones. There's been a number of different DC ones. Like Dig he it. was in one of the. I know there was like an an Iron Man. He was in. I blanked because I looked at this yesterday. But yeah, oh, he's okay. in a number of them. Gotcha. Um, Jacqueline uh, Samuda plays Nearty. Uh, Vince. I'm not. I'm not going to try to butcher your last name, Vince. Um, Cristigio. Sure. Uh, but he's you. Um, but he's most known for stunt work in movies like iRobot, Day After Tomorrow, like really, and the really big infamous Agent Cody Banks. Oh my gosh, I forgot that was the thing that existed. Um, there's also an un, also uncredited is the voice of Thor. Oh, our Asgard guy. Yeah, do you know who voiced Thor? No. No? You Do know I him. know this? You know him. Oh, crap. Oh, yeah. crap. Pop quiz time. It's pop quiz time. Oh, I need a clue. I need a clue. One clue. Uh, he is one of the major characters in the series. One Shit. of the major actors in the series. In our series? In our series, voices Thor from now on. <laughs> it's not Jack. It's not Jack. It and is a male. It is not Teal. It's not Teal. Is it Michael Shanks? It's Michael Shanks. Oh, my God. Voices Thor. <laughs> Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Michael Shanks will voice Thor from... from for... I'm going to go with I failed that pop quiz. You did it took a lot of yeah. guesses. You basically, the only male left was, yeah, was like, John S. Davies. See, even when I was younger, I've always been good at multiple choice tests. I yeah. would have narrowed it down that way. You would have narrowed it down, yeah. Um, also before, because I didn't want to forget this, because I didn't put it in my notes, and if I didn't say it now, I was going to completely forget it. Um... <laughs> Uh, we got some more information on uh, uh, non-Stargate, but related to Stargate news. Uh, we got some more information on the MacGyver series. Oh, yes! Um, now, they they said that they are... Um, I think I posted this article a couple days ago when you it did. came out. Uh, they said they are keeping, but upgrading the MacGyver theme song, which I'm very happy about because okay. that's one of, to me, the most iconic as theme songs As long as they don't Ghostbusters it... I'm okay. Yeah, this is yeah, but there's a danger. As danger. long as you keep the da, 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 da. <laughs> as long as it sounds jaunty and eighties, I'm oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Um they they said that they are still trying to get RDA as a guest star. So Oh my gosh, um, please, RDA, not that so, he listens to this, but let's put this out to the universe. Please. Well, here's my excitement about RDA as uh-huh. as a as a guest star or a cameo is that the impossible dream that I have that this is not the Angus MacGyver from 
the right. 1980s that this is like somehow his nephew that was somehow yeah. named Angus still exists in life. Um, that could happen. People get named after things. Exactly. Yeah. So that's actually what I what I still hope is that they're not like, hey, this is the same character, but in a different time. That, that this is that our Angus MacGyver, RDA, still, still exists in the yeah, universe. Yeah, it's like Spock. I think it can be done. Yeah. It's like Spock in the movies. That's what I'm hoping, and I don't know if it'll happen. But I also saw a picture of, and I just blanked on the actor's name. Um, I know he was he was uh, Quicksilver, wasn't he? In the... Oh, he was definitely someone, and now I can't remember who he is I think he, he was either. Quicksilver. Um, or someone else. He, anyway. Uh, but I, I saw a picture of him with his haircut, because I know all the, the earlier promos, he had the long hair and a ponytail. Okay. And we saw a picture with a good, like... The 2016 slash 17 version of the MacGyver 80s mullet. Yes, I'm okay with that. And it looks, I'm like, thumbs up, dude. Yeah, that'll work. So (laughs) I have, with recent events, and you know, I I never, look, I was going to love the new MacGyver series either way. Right. But I have a bit more, I'm getting, I'm getting more excited for it as we go. And we have learned that Nixie is, is, is pretty lenient on the things that hold the spots in her heart. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But (laughs) we, it premieres in like just over a month. It's, um, it's happening. Ten so, tests could happen. Y- well, yeah, I think it definitely, <laughs> at the, maybe at the end of this season, oh, there'll sure. be a tangent cast on MacGyver, because yeah. it's very, you know, it's adjacent to we'll the do, series. We'll do a nice little where are they now exactly. on all of our guests. Um, so to get back to Stargate yes. uh, with this RDA. Oh, yes. So we start with a nice ceremony in front of the gates <gasps> where the Secretary of yes. Defense gives everyone kudos and love and and defending the planet and shows some, some he's just like super excited he's like i look excited for these mission reports every day yeah i'm Um, a little kid with a bedtime story exactly i love that way i also secretly want daniel's jacket here oh yes i would rock that house tooth um (laughs) see i'm still busy just thinking of of how um how the uh this guy is like in his jammies at night in like his race car bed reading the reports (laughs) he's Um, like and then this happened and his wife is like can you please be an adult again yeah no you know what happened and then really important job yeah. seriously yeah there was a ghoul and then <laughs> Tilk because Tilk is the guy with the worm in his belly and it's like please act like an adult <laughs> um, but before anyway. the ceremony is done Hammond has one more little bit of ceremony uh, Sam gets surprised with a promotion. Yes. She is now Major Samantha Carter. And uh, Hammond and Jack take the two silver bars, and on goes the golden oak leaf. And I love <laughs> Jack's smirk before Hammond actually announces it, because I'm sure he yeah. had a good deal yeah. in getting it done. So he has this smirk of he knows what's about to happen. Yeah, there may um, or may not have been tears here. I know. It may well, or may not. I think Sam, right about here, is like 30. I mean, Holy making crap. Major at 30, I don't think that's... A, too shabby there. That's pretty. I don't know what the average age of promotion to major is, but that seems pretty good. Yeah. Um, Also, I'm just going to say this now that gets out of the way. The amount of dress blues in this episode makes me happy. Yes. I'm a fan of dress blues. Everybody they look looks good in everyone. Yep. It yeah. is just like a really sharp suit. No one can look bad. Everyone looks the best in yes. some sort of sharp dress. Exactly. Um, also, top was not wrong. <laughs> Girls go crazy for a sharp dress man. They do. Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> um, I also had fun. Um, I looked up, I tried looking up some of the medals Jack has because you oh, get a really yes. good view of, yeah. of all the ribbons he has. Gotcha. Um, and I started to try to figure this out myself and I realized that someone else has already done it for me. Oh. And if you go to the the Wikipedia articles for the different characters. Oh, wow. They have listed out all the awards that everyone has. And I'm just going to go, like, off a couple of them. First of all, he has a Master Parachutist, nice. parachutist badge, um, which is one of the, like actual sort of emblems above all the ribbons as well as a master space operations badge it looks like it's the old one because it was redesigned like a decade ago apparently but he has like defense distinguished service medal and air force distinguished service medal and defense superior service medal and the airman's medal and he has uh, a meritus service medal with three bronze oak leaves uh he has an air medal with two bronze oak leaves like just crazy yeah there's like a huge list of them down to even uh, a Vietnam campaign medal and a Kuwait liberation medal for Saudi Arabia wow so uh, an Air Force Longevity Service Award with three bronze oak leaves so like his has a, he has a very impressive um, yeah. And it's really impressive until you look at Hammonds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, he has, like, 
his and I didn't I didn't capture his to look at him, but I went to the same like the same wiki. Um, so again, I'm assuming all these are correct um, because, like it or not, wiki corrects itself. Yeah. Um, but the internet never lies. Exactly. There's a <laughs> legion of merit with one bronze oak leaf. There's a distinguished flying cross. That there sounds is, cool. Yeah. Among other things, there's a meritorious service medal with three bronze oak leaves. Jeez. There is an air force commendation medal with three bronze oak leaves. Um, there is an Air Force Outstanding Unit Award with three bronze oak leaves. Like, there's all these insane... He has an Air Force Command pilot badge. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I wonder, like, how much research went into this, like, during character creation. Yeah. Like, this is an insane amount of detail. Yeah, work. it is. And it's, it's it also goes to put into... Like perspective of these really are like these are so impressive awards at least for me as a layman uh, for someone to have and it's just I think it just emphasizes that like these are the best of the best that are here at the SGC right right they're highly decorated they're highly, highly decorated experienced people, people. Um, so yeah I just thought that that was kind of a really cool right detail on. to sit there and look and then and then Sam has Sam has some major ones but not nearly as many considering she's, yeah, she's she hasn't been in moving. there nearly yeah. as long yeah, as the yeah. other two she's getting um, it done you know what she is only 30 I yeah. mean they're all at least what 10-15 years older than her at least yeah. Like, yeah. like Jack at least I would say yeah like I said I think I think in the if, if it's somewhere at some point we we see her age and it's like December of 68 or something gotcha. like that. So she I wonder what the equivalent of, of gold stuff oh, has. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Like, he's like, bitches, please. I've I been know. alive he's like, forever. I got all of your beef. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Braytex comes on and goes, don't even. Just everybody sit down. Don't even. Just sit down. <laughs> Hammond, I love you. Just sit down. Yeah. Don't you even. Put your Boy Scout patches away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This is this is actually very true, yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyways, I thought that was a fun. That is cool. That was a fun fact. So, um, anyways, Jack goes up to speak, and normally he's a man of very few words, and then he's suddenly beamed away in a flash, which sets the room to alarm. <laughs> and in conclusion, Jack continues while in space on an Asgard ship. Oh, look, it's Thor. And <laughs> credits. How awesome would it be if he had done that on purpose? He goes, "I'm a man of few words." I'm out. She just like throws the smoke bomb down and magicians away. But it's very awkward, like um, like Job in um or um in Arrested Development. Oh, it was I think he was a magician brother. Oh, it's been a while since I've seen that show. I never saw that. Is it one of the ones where he like throws a smoke bomb down and then disappears? He's, just, he's still he's, standing there. He's trying a, to yeah, he's a magician, but he's like the worst magician that's ever existed. And he's just it's Will Arnett just being Will Arnett. Oh, okay, gotcha. And he's amazingly awkward. Will Arnett, please just continue to be that man. <laughs> Forever. I've decided now that he and the, and the Lego movie hasn't even come out. Yeah. Like, Will Arnett is my favorite Batman. <laughs> it's like Will Arnett is my favorite Batman. Mark Hamill is my favorite Joker. The end. Yeah. <laughs> and done. Um, so they're in orbit around Earth, uh, but don't worry, because Edgar's ships have been never seen in orbit before nope, the many yeah. times they've been here. Yeah. And But right, as Jack points out, there's a matter apparently of great importance. Yeah. Um, nothing to be alarmed about. So the Asgard, even the Asgard have heard about the Hathor incident. Mm -hmm. uh, she had a common, yeah. as Jack points out. Well, it was um, in their, like, star magazine. Yeah. Pun intended. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now the ghoul system lords have turned their sights on Earth. Um, and they are now e viewed. Sorry. E <laughs> Just, my main next to you watch Rick and Morty last night. <laughs> Uh, ER. ER. <laughs> um, so now the, the Gould views the Tari as a threat. And they are capable of launching an assault a hundred times greater than what Apophis sent our way at the uh, end of season one. Yikes. Which yeah. could be a problem. That's not good. Uh, so Thor is he here to offer assistance, which would be great. Um, but the vast majority of the Asgard fleet's unavailable, so we're gonna have to negotiate our way out of this yep. asshat. So, yeah. um... So Jack rolls his... <laughs> rolls for charisma and his diplomacy rolls check. Rolls a one. Um, yeah, a big fat botch. Big fat yeah. botch. Uh, so he's going to try and negotiate to include Earth in the Protective Planets Treaty, which we've seen a number of planets under this uh -huh. treaty before. Yeah. So Jack, you know, would prefer a fleet of ships, or even a couple, mm -hmm. and he gets this... He gets a horrible look from Thor. Yeah. From the puppet. Uh, so, but we're going to go with this negotiating thing instead. Yeah. He guesses. And uh, you're going to do the things. Yep. Yeah. So in the briefing room, uh, everyone's discussing the treaty. The Gould only agree because they fear the Asgard. Mm -hmm. And if that fails, well, it's total annihilation for Earth. So that's 
great. Yeah. The president wants to know just how much they can trust the Asgard. Um, and just because the Tok'ra trust them and they help Jack out doesn't mean really that we know anything about them. <laughs> right. But they did kind of save our ass twice. They did save our <laughs> ass twice. But, I, you know, it, yeah. it, when you're when you have the entire fate of the planet balancing on that, mm-hmm. you know, we've we've been encountering them for a very short period of time. That's and fair. They helped us out. Doesn't mean they like us. Yeah, it you, doesn't you, mean you don't immediately them. get the same feel that you get from the Nox. No. They're not as, uh, is the word benevolent? Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not as, but bene- yeah. <laughs> so, be- <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> okay. So Thor, Thor just, like, beams into the room, mm-hmm. and they're like, alarms Hammond. Hello. But yeah. Jack's like, no, it's okay, I vouch for him. Yeah. Don't shoot him. This is my, he's with me, bro. <laughs> he's with me. Yeah. Um, so the system lords will negotiate and they will be here in four days. And Jack is to speak on behalf of all the inhabitants on the earth. Yeah. No, not Daniel. Jack. No, let's not use the one guy who could be the greatest ambassador yeah, no, and diplomat. Jack. No, let's use Jack. Let's use Jack. Probably the worst of the entire... <laughs> the only one worse would be Teal. I know. And Teal yeah. has, like, extra beef with them. Yeah, yeah. And Teal has reasons behind his... Jack yeah. is, let's he, just say, yeah. he's not the most diplomatic man no, on the planet. No, He's, he's, uh, yeah. I, I, you know Heart what of gold. it is? Heart of gold. But yeah. just maybe... A little rough around the edges. A little rough around the edges. I think the reason they didn't choose Daniel is because they didn't like his suit. Probably. They're not fans of Matthew Perry or the Matthew Perry suit. <laughs> the Matthew Perry suit. It is kind of the Matthew it's Perry suit. It's very much a 90s As Matthew we're rewatching Perry-ish. Friends. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so later in the briefing room, apparently Thor sent a message about who's coming. Uh, one of them is Cronus, who's the most influential of the system lords. Mm-hmm. Uh, he banished Sokar. He's the mortal enemy of Apophis. Gotcha. Of Apophis. Gotcha. Second is you, which is a constant sort source of some great who's on first style comedy. Yeah. Oh, I love this part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which Jack just can't leave alone. No, well, because that's what he watches. That's his life. That yeah. is his favorite type of like. It's the dad comedy. It's dad comedy. It's dad comedy. Um, you is most likely to favor the treaty since all of his interests are elsewhere, and he just basically don't give a shit. He's like, guy gives no shits. You gives no shits. My fav- my personal favorite moment of this entire episode is when Daniel is finishing up. However, it should be noted that you did amount. Uh, did account for some noble positive influences and Jack almost mindlessly as if he doesn't realize he's talking out loud says thank you and Daniel gives him a death glare (laughs) I like when nobody listens to me that's basically Daniel's face yeah (laughs) Uh, so the third is Nirti well we haven't actually met Nirti we do know of her she is the gold that destroyed Cassandra's planet so that gives her some real points yeah, here in the Yeah, that uh, makes me super like her. Yep. Surprised. I'm surprised uh, Sam didn't, you know, just kind of punch her right then and there. Or or Janet. That's true. Like, yeah. You know. Either one of them should have pulled a Ripley and like, yeah. that's my daughter bitch moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or I would see, to me, I, the, the better analogy for that is Mrs. Weasley. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's pretty great, too. Yeah. At the end, uh, at the end of the last book. Very yeah. similar. I have a feeling Mrs. Weasley was inspired by Ripley. Probably, yes. Yeah. Probably, yes. One did come before the other. <laughs> uh, and Hammond is not comfortable with a lot of this, but... Hey, this is the situation we're in. Yeah. And um, I love the retractable whiteboard projection screen that is the blast door. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Teal'c then's like, look, I don't mean any disrespect. You know I pledge my allegiance to you, Hammond, here mm-hmm. at the SGC, to the Tauri as a whole. But I'm not going to see to the petty needs of the gold. Yeah. And which, Daniel, by the way, is a great band name, the petty needs of the gold. <laughs> and Daniel just raises his hand. List, yeah. And Daniel's like, I, I'll, I'll see to the petty needs of the gold. <laughs> um, I'm not dealing with them and their shitty writer for Eminem separated. <laughs> the petty needs of the gold. It's it's like the worst. Yeah. Uh, and But instead, Teal will help see to the base security because treaty law says that there won't be any weapons at all on the base during negotiations, which Jack does not like. But as Hammond points out, their trust of the Edgard on your word. <laughs> so deal with it. Uh, and the base will be completely sealed off from the surface. The Secretary of Defense is staying to represent the president. We have lots of work to do. Very little time. Let's hop to. I love the idea because I'm rewatching um, West Wing right now. Oh, yeah. That the president in charge right now is Jim Bartlett. Oh, I know yes. we've gone over this before. Yeah. But it's truly cemented in my head just mm. because we are rewatching the show. I'm, I'm, yeah. That's the president. That yeah. makes sense now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're done. Um, <laughs> 
So your history, <laughs> take a wild guess at what the history or mythology mm, according to Stargate this episode is. What could it possibly be? It's not like we have three actual <laughs> myths and legends from our own human culture. Exactly. <laughs> so we start with Cronus. Uh, he it was um, Greek mythology. Gotcha. He is the leader and the youngest of the first Titans. Yes. Um, he is the child of Uranus and uh, Gaia. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up overthrowing his dad, Uranus, to rule the universe, and eventually he was overthrown by his own kids, yeah. a little guy named Zeus. A little sociopathic uh, yes. asshole. Uh, Zeus. Zeus was basically uh, Joffrey yeah, Baratheon. No. Zeus is a dickwad. Yeah, like, just kind of the biggest jerk face in the world yeah, with Zeus, all the power. Zeus was an asshole. To be fair, I haven't liked Zeus since I first started watching uh, Hercules Legendary Journeys oh and I learned Zeus was an asshole. Yeah. That is where I got the basis of my Greek mythology from that and Xena. Nice. You'd be surprised how far that's gotten me in life. I've um, been um, before I actually took mythology <laughs> courses in college. <laughs> I've taken nothing, but I am. I'm going to do a little quick oh, shout I'm out to another podcast. Not going to say I learned anything yeah. from my mythology <laughs> course in college. Yeah, but. I've been listening to a podcast called Mists and Legends oh, okay. uh, because of my latest fascination with King Arthur. Okay, and I've been trying to find stuff that this dude does, and I have no idea what this guy's name is, and I apologize. But <laughs> if you are looking for deeper study into mythology, I love Nixie's uh, like surface glances or little yeah. superficial glances, but Miss I only have legends. so much time, guys. I yeah. only have so much time. It is the coolest thing. It's the greatest, greatest podcast. I love I'll it. I'll have to listen, listen to it, for yeah. sure. Um, so Cronus is often depicted with a scythe or a sickle, which uh, he used to castrate his father and get rid of his dad. Yeah, well, okay. So <laughs> Gaia actually gave him the sickle and encouraged him to overthrow his father. Wow. Um, and the removed testicles were thrown into the ocean. They produced a white foam out of which... Aphrodite was merged. Yes. That works. Aphrodite is born of Uranus's testicles. Uranus. Uranus. Sorry. I do say Uranus. (laughs) I I don't know if it's the many astronomy classes, but all of my professors always called it Uranus. They were probably just tired of of dealing with pickles, and they were like, fuck all of you. So yes, it's probably Uranus, but I still pronounce it Uranus. Deal with it. Tomato, tomato. Um, (laughs) So he's considered the patron of the harvest. Uh, He ruled with his sister Rhea uh, as a side at his queen. Okay. Um, and also as his wife. Yeah, sister, lover, wife. Because yeah. this is Greek mythology. Reasons, yeah. Um, they had kids, Demeter, Hestia, Hera, Hades, Poseidon. All these names probably sound I really familiar, guys. Yeah. Um, the last kid was Zeus. Yep. And Rhea actually gave birth to him in secret, and he was raised in secret. Why do you ask? Mm. Because Cronus ate all of his other kids. Yes. <laughs> because of some prophecy that said he'd be overthrown by his kids. Right. So he ate them. That's he's like, no, they won't. I will eat them. Yes. So yeah. Rhea gave him a stone wrapped as a baby, which he ate instead, and somehow was tricked into thinking that was Zeus. Well, it's like a puppy. Like yeah. when you, like I've noticed <laughs> when I give the stormy boy treats, yeah. he's not actually eat. Oh no. He has no idea what no, I've given him. He's just like right that's right the down the gullet. Yeah, right down the gullet. <laughs> so once he was grown, uh, Gaia gave Zeus um, basically something to help Cronus vomit up all the kids. <laughs> Either that or he cut open his stomach. Depends on the story. Yeah, I like the story where he went in and cut open his stomach. Yeah, I do too. It sounds more dramatic. Yeah. Um, but after that, all the siblings went on and filled that prophecy of overthrowing Cronus mm-hmm. in a huge work called the Titanum, Titanomachy? Titanomachy? Uh, that sounds close. I, sure. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you otherwise. I killed that. Um... His Roman equivalent is Saturn. Gotcha. So, yeah, if you don't know, the planets are both Greek and Roman names. Mm-hmm. Um, he often gets confused with Kronos, the embodiment of time. Yes. But they're actually separate. Um, although there is a pretty good chance that the reason you usually see Father Time with a scythe is mm. because they got the confusion over time. Like gotcha. in, the, in the Renaissance with all the artwork, like Kronos and Kronos were like confused. Right. So. Um, well, and there's some, I think I read somewhere at some point in my life, I have no real sources for this, <laughs> but that was purposeful. Oh, okay. That was almost a little bit purposeful. Just uh, to, we just like to, to take other, to relate it back yeah. to something else. We yeah. just like taking other people's gods. Yep. Um, but Saturday, Saturday, named after him, 
Um, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> also, a huge celebration that a lot of people have heard of, Saturnalia, huh. is December 17th through 23rd. And if you don't know much about that, that's a giant party. I want to do that. We should have a Saturnalia party. Well, it was it, it, it lasted a long time. And if I remember correctly, um, I think the, big, the biggest feast was when it started on the 17th. Okay. And one of the most important parts is they would have these big feasts in which the they would serve their slaves. So ah. the slaves still like made the food and everything. Yeah. But the slaves got to eat first this big banquet that normally nice. only the masters got to eat. It's kinda like when I was in high school. Yeah. Every I I don't know if a lot of schools did this, but bear with me. Every class got a day uh-huh. where you would have like a whole day was a party. Mm. And so the freshmen served the sophomores, the sophomores served the juniors, the juniors served the seniors. But the freshmen got served by the seniors. Oh. And so they had to put on this whole party and, like, provide food and entertainment cool. and things. It was yeah. the coolest thing. Yeah. It's it's really similar to that. And, like, they're the, sort of the early versions of greeting cards were given to each other. Oh, wow. cool. And there were gifts. Hallmark and, is behind this. Yes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Saturnalia was, like, a huge, huge holiday. So Take it. Um, slightly out of order. Next is Nearty. Mm-hmm. Not a ton on her, um, okay. but she is a goddess of poverty, corruption, destruction, and death in Hinduism. She's a she's a yeah, evil, super awesome, um, a chaotic <laughs> evil is what I'm going to place yeah, her in. Probably. Also, Hinduism has guardians of the directions, which rule specific directions in space. Ah. And Nirti rules the southwest. And at least one source I saw said she carried a sword. Oh, right, which on. is cool. Yeah. Um, she has an older sister. Um, I'm, I know this name and I'm going to mispronounce it. Lakshmi? Lakshmi. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, who presides over wealth. So mm-hmm. Like Padma. Yeah. <laughs> so the older sister presides over wealth. The younger sister provide, presides over poverty. Um, she's also a consort of Lord Ardma. Okay. Who's the god of sin. Gotcha. So all our nice little dark gods yeah. here. Yep. Dig it. Um, Stargate and me, I guess, also mispronounce her name because apparently it's supposed to have three syllables. Nearty? There's like a different pronunciation. Oh. Like basically Stargate and me does the bastardized American, North American <laughs> pronunciation of We're name. sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Um, but offerings to her were usually like all black. Black grains, black oh. stones, like black disease, dead animals. Whoa. Um, and they were intended not to a lot of offerings were, were trying to bring like the blessings and stuff of the God. Right. These were intended to keep her away. So it's like to keep her, yeah, to yeah, quell to, her To quell appetite. her and keep her in distance, yeah. <laughs> and apparently one source, again, I so I don't know, I saw this in a couple websites, I don't know the sort of the history behind it, but apparently one, a couple sources said that over time she was given male attributes as well, and so because of that she is one of the Hindu gods or goddesses that are associated with the third sex and transgender oh, okay. people. Gotcha, okay. So, um, there's not a ton on her, to be honest. So. Interesting. Skipping on, the one that has double on it uh, is you. <laughs> so Daniel gives gives the names, and in the briefing he said that he was you the Great, one of the earliest empires. Later in the series, actually, because we uh-huh. do see him again, he's oh. called he calls um, you the Jade Emperor. Okay. You the Great and the Jade Emperor are actually two different people. Oh. Um, no, were these real people? Well, one was real and one was God. Gotcha. Well, a story, a myth. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure you, this you, is being both of them. Got it, got it. Um, so you, the Jade Emperor, was you Hong Sang Ti. Yes, thank you. You're I welcome. Again, I apologize for all this. <laughs> you people know this at this point. Um, so he is um, one of the representations of the first God in okay. Chinese culture and myth. So this he when he was a kid, great kid, like huh. gold star kid. Aww. He emitted a wonderful light that filled the kingdom when he was born. Wow. He devoted his childhood to helping the needy. He was kind, respectful, wise. A when total he re- sweetheart, I, a total sweetheart. When he ascended to the throne, he made sure everyone in the kingdom found peace and contentment. And he said that he wanted to cultivate his Tao on the bright and fragrant cliff. Mm. I'm telling you now. The Jade Emperor is like all good. Like And then pure no legitimately. Oh, wow. The Jade Emperor is like all good. Cool. Um so he re so that makes on, sense because Jade and from what I know I'm Yeah, it's like from, the luck, it's yeah, good. There's it's a good yeah, you pureness. want Jade around, yeah. So on the Bright and Fragrant Cliff, he reached golden immortality after more than two hundred and twenty-six million years. Wow. 
of, of like focusing, and that's where he became the Jade Emperor. Um, so he went to. There's a ton of stories on this, but he, one of them is like he went to war with some major evil that the world had. He challenged the evil, and it shook the world in their like their fighting. And in the end, because he was wiser and he used his benevolence instead of might, he won. He was like Avatar Aang yeah. in the Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. So yeah. the, the gods, the immortals, the humans. He brought everyone, balance to all four kingdoms. Okay, I'm yeah, done. He brought balance to the force. Uh, everyone proclaimed him the Jade. The, to proclaim the Jade Emperor the supreme sovereign of all of Dang the entire it. universe. That's gonna be so my new like nom de plume. <laughs> the Jade, the Jade Emperor. Emperor. Um, <laughs> so there's a ton of myths and stories um, with him. He does have a Jade Empress. Yes. Um, which I won't even bother to try to botch his name of it. <laughs> uh, he also had some secondary wives. Um, his birthday is said to be the ninth day of the first lunar month. Oh. Um, and to tie things together... There is a crater on Saturn's moon Rhea, which was discovered by the Voyager 2, which is named after him. Sweet. So, some I connections. I like the Jade Emperor. I'm going to look him up. Yeah. the Another guy, just as awkwardly, like, awesomely cool, was you the Great. So, this is someone who... No, you the Great, Nixie. Yeah, Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> so, this guy, by all accounts, is an actual person. Uh, yeah. And he was also a very good, upright, super moral person. He lived around 2000 BCE, and he founded the Chao Dynasty and okay. introduced flood control oh, cool. to, chi- to China. Right on. Um, so, he was around before the earliest known writings in China by almost a millennium. Uh, so, most, like... Okay, most assume that the stories about him and his life and his rule were all passed down orally before it was written down. But there there are a few people that think he's like King Arthur type legend. Oh, dig it. And, you know, he's yeah. just like this perfect sort of Right. Maybe person. it's like an amalgamation of all yeah. these other guys that came before. But most people do think that he was, he was just around before writings and his sure. stories were just yeah. passed down. He was the eighth great-grandson of the Yellow Emperor, who was a big name even now. Like, gotcha. The Yellow Emperor is sort of a name that's known. His father, Gunn, was tasked with devising a system control some rampant flooding in the area that was hurting all the farmlands, killing the economy. Economy, wow. like horrible, horrible flooding. Mm-hmm. He spent nine years making dikes and dams along the river, um, but none, it didn't work. Okay. It, it failed. Um, and as an adult, you continued that work and he tried to, to make something that would work. And he worked with Hoju, a semi mythical agricultural master. And I'm putting what? that in quotes because that's what Wiki said. <laughs> and I love the term that there was a semi mythical agricultural master. I like him. Like, I'm going to look him up. I know. Um, but he figured out that instead of making dams, he made irrigation canals and dredged the riverbed. So instead oh. of trying to stop the water and just keep it controlled, he made all these irrigation canals and for a ways that give it basically controlled flooding to get Dig it out distant. That is so small. So the king was so impressed, instead of passing his throne to his own son, he passed it to you. Wow. Which I'm sure went over super well. That's, uh, yeah, it's got to be awesome. It's got to feel real good. Yeah. <laughs> Initially, he said no, um, but everyone loved him so much and, like, wanted him to be emperor, he agreed. And he became <laughs> the new emperor at 53. He founded the Chao Dynasty, and conceived, which is considered China's first dynasty. Oh, cool. Um, he supposedly ruled for 45 years. That's not too bad. Not too shabby. Uh, the interesting fact is apparently I read that the shows, that his clothes in the show are from the 17th century, and I'm pretty that's just because you, the ghoul, just don't give a fuck. No, he's like, I do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm styling. Yeah. Who cares what these what clothes I do. are for? Um, <laughs> so that's our, our, our gold in real life. Yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. You know, because at the end of the day, they're so gold. And he's yeah. like, that's nice that this isn't what I'm supposed to look like. Well, but that's also nice fucking awesome. that I'm taking this name from one or two names that are like supremely good. He and was I'm just a like, gold. give me a popular name. That one? All right, I'll take it. Oh, you guys all like this guy? Oh, you're going to like I'm bow down before now. him? I'm him now. Bow down. Before me. He's not clearly quite as good as you thought he was. Yeah. Now I'm him and I win all the things. Um, but no, that makes sense. I do want to look up this. You know, uh, I always wondered, like, I always wondered, like, all these gold rule over, like, fear and intimidation. I was like, uh-huh. what if you were, like, a good god and you just, everyone just liked you and then gave you hosts because they wanted to be like you? But that would then give us no tension in the I show. I know. I know. <laughs> plot reasons yeah, is why it doesn't plot exist. plot reasons. Um, 
No, I imagine that the people that do have those types of feelings end up going to the Tok'ra, and that's why we don't get them here. Probably. Yeah. Probably. So we have a small scene uh, back in the show where they're confiscating uh, some the Gould hand device from storage. Yes. And Sam does point out that, no, this one's a healing device. Yeah. This is Chekhov's healing device right yeah. here. <laughs> hey, somebody uh, know that this is a thing that we're going to need later. <laughs> Pay no attention. Pay no attention to this, but actually pay attention to this. Pay all of the attention. To this, this is a random scene for a reason. Uh-huh. Um, so in the hallway, Jack catches up with Hammond. Jack has had no idea how exciting diplomacy could be, and they meet up with Teal, who won't give up a staff weapon. They basically made Jack go to the library. Yeah. And then when 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 uh, Daniel's already hanging out there, and Jack's like, "Can I just go play basketball?" Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I have no desire to be here. They meet up with Teal, who won't give up a staff weapon because yeah. he thinks it's a mistake to remove all the weapons. He protests, but Hammond does order him, and he reluctantly hands it over. He's like, I'm just doing this in protest. Yeah. Which Do is valid. Yeah. Which is valid. So in the gate room, they arrive. Ta-da. Cronus, Near T, and you. Yeah. Um, and Daniel shows Cronus around his room and tries to tell him what VIP means, but like only puts two initials. <laughs> He's like, very important. That would be VI. Yeah. Daniel. Stop, um, Daniel. Cronus thinks his room's pitiful. Outside you hear you is mad. And also, why does the VIP room have open flames underground right next to a ton of fabric? Yeah, how is this right? Dude. Come to the death room. I mean, VIP room. <laughs> like, that is a fire hazard yeah. with a capital fire with a capital hazard. Come to the room where you die of your death. Like, come on. Yeah, no thoughts. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, being underground is bad enough, but then you notice somebody was trying giant things of fabric. Someone was trying to like make rushed had to put this all together. Like they were like, "Fuck, we have God coming when in an hour? Jesus, that's no time to create any ambiance in this room." You wouldn't even put a flame, like a candle, a candle that close to those giant. Well, when you're that rush, giant Olympic torches. Next person in charge of creating the ambiance for the underground. Uh, compound is just in such a hurry to get all this shit done. I mean, they have to provide food on. and drink. It's like this event planner better be well paid. Because well, they have to do shit so They would be it. well paid if they didn't create a fire <laughs> and kill everyone underground. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. So anyway, uh, the commotion outside is Teal'c. Uh, words are being thrown in mm. Gould. This is going great. Yep. Teal'c is about to rage at yeah. Cronus. <laughs> Near T then comes out and is pissed off because there's security cameras in a room. The Gould won't be spied upon. Well, if I looked like her, I'd be pissed too. I know. Like, well, you know, any woman really. Anyone would yeah. be pissed. It's like, there's cameras in my room. Exactly. Fuck this shit. I can, like... I can see why they're pissed with cameras in their room. Yeah. Like, that does yeah. make sense. I'd be pissed if there was a camera in my room. Um, Daniel assures that no offense was intended. They're only <laughs> trying to look up her skirt. Um, they, <laughs> they'll be removed from the rooms, but they have to stay in the hallways, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and as part, uh, and as they part, Cronus and Teal have a few more words with each other, and I'm pretty sure whatever Teal was saying as he walked away is just gold yeah. for fuck you. Or your mom. Yeah. <laughs> really depending yeah. on how petty he wants to be at this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we find in the next scene that Teal'c's father was the first prime of Cronus. Mm. Uh, and when Teal'c was young, Cronus sent his dad on a suicide mission, essentially, which wow. they lost, but his dad came back. Um, but Cronus killed his father and exiled his mom and him, and he vowed he'd become the strongest Jaffa so that he could be named the first prime of Apophis, who's the sworn enemy oh. of Cronus. Probably some information that would have been helpful to know before all this started. Thank you, Teal'c. Basically, Teal'c got beef with Cronus. Oh, uh, yeah. And the shit can go down. And, like, that's something you mentioned to someone when yeah. he's coming yeah. on base as to why yeah. you're being hey, let me asshole. just tell you that there's a little bit of a problem here because yeah. it's no big deal. Just remove yourself no big deal. from the situation. He just killed my dad, that's yeah. all. And then I, you know, and vowed to avenge us. him. Yeah. Uh, but it's no big deal. No big deal. Just, just that. I vowed to kill him. Yeah. You know. And I'm man of my word. Yeah. Just saying. That's all. And in the middle of this, because uh, he's t- doing all the talking, all this with Daniel, in the middle of this, Hammond comes in and they're like, oh, by the way, we removed the cameras. And Hammond's like, just fucking whatever. Do just whatever you want. I'm you so want. done today. I'm so done. I got no sleep. Yeah, it's been a rough morning. So in the negotiating room, Sam wishes Jack luck. He's not nervous. He's just confused. No clue why he's here. Yeah. Sam says that the rest of us and the Asgard have confidence in him. Uh, Sam couldn't do it since, well, she wasn't sure until she saw Cronus' face, but she's pretty sure that that's who sent the Asherak to kill Jolinar. Oh. Great. 
So Jack so says... So basically everybody got beef with everybody Basically, right now. yeah. yeah. Um, Jack says he hates having assistant lords anywhere just as they arrive into the room. Smooth. <laughs> yeah. Thor shows up. The gold start getting mad and hitting their fists on the table in their own language, which annoys Jack. And then they all storm out of the room because apparently Jack insulted them by speaking on a turn. Yeah. Thor's like it was expected. Mm -hmm. Daniel then comes in and wonders what the hell just happened. Yeah. Way to fuck it up in like the first five minutes. Exactly. (laughs) Jack's like, we said hello. We insulted each other. We broke for recess. Yeah. Um, And then Jack asks Thor how the ghoul even got this much power in the first place. Right. Thor's like, look, we aren't proud. Um, but we've sort of been forced to ignore the situation for a long time because there's concerns for ourselves. We have an enemy in our own galaxy that are far worse than the gold. Yeah. Yikes. yikes. Um, he's like, look, I can't explain more, mainly because we don't have enough episode to explain more. Mm-hmm. Um, but know that this may come back in the later episode. Yeah. So remember this. <laughs> but they <laughs> use whatever resources they can to enforce these treaties, basically. Yeah. In order to maintain the treaties, the system lords try and prevent any rogue gould, like Sokar, for example, from uh-huh. from going after anyone on the treaty list. Got it. Basically, the Asgard use the feudal nature of the gould to their advantage. Uh, and they just hope no one single gould takes over because then they're like, fuck. So it's really just this delicate balance of like, hey, let's not kill each other. Because yeah. there's someone who's going to come kill all of us well, later. But as this, Jack says, they're bluffing the gold. Right. If one gold takes power, there's nothing the Asgard can do. They're absolutely fucked, yeah. You know, they're they're so busy fighting each other, they've bought the Asgard's bluff. That's really smart, though. It's really it smart is. of the Asgard to do. It is. Until because it's not they, anymore. They can't do anything, so there's at least this working because, yeah. you know. Way to, yeah, way to finagle your way out of a, of a problem. He heads back to, Thor heads back to the ship and leaves Jack with the communicator and puppet Asgard and CG Asgard are very different. <laughs> yeah, that's <Yeah>. absolutely true. <laughs> that was fun to watch. <laughs> so, in the briefing... It looked like a dancing... It looked like the dancing baby from Alan <laughs> It was like, well, well that's very out of about the same time, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right, yeah. But uh, lighting is a thing that didn't exist back then. <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> okay, I'm done. So, in the briefing room, Jack says he tried to apologize. That didn't work. Daniel's working on a formal letter, and Daniel can grovel when he has to. <laughs> Thor warned them that they might have to give up something big, um, and apparently Daniel's groveling worked, and I have to point out, at the beginning of the scene, we find out that Jack's ties a clip-on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. It's been a little crooked the whole episode, if but I understand why. you know why. what? Come on, Jack. Really? You, you can't are tie an adult. Tie. Like, Put on a tie. It makes absolute sense for who he is it as a does. person. He's like, However, I wear a clip-on tie because of who I am as a when person. When you are over the age of 13, there is no excuse for a clip-on tie. Wear a fucking tie that you can tie. I can tie a tie. Everyone should be able to tie a tie. And if you can't tie a tie, go to YouTube. Go have Sam tie your tie. I bet you she can tie like a fucking Windsor knot. Whatever knot you want. She's got them all down. Here's the thing. Guys and girls, Uh everyone should know how to tie a tie. Because either you have to wear a tie or you need to tie someone else's tie. Either way, yeah. Plenty of women You need to come through the clutch situation and make sure that Jack O'Neill is not wearing a fucking clip-on. Mm-hmm. Clip-on shouldn't exist when you're over 13. Yeah. Sorry. Um, anyway. Looking at you, boyfriend Jesse. <laughs> does he have a clip-on tie? I don't even know that he owns okay. a tie. <laughs> I do know that bartender Nick does own ties. None of them are clip-on, and he can tie them himself. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so back, and he looks damn good wearing them. Um, back at the negotiating table, uh, they're going through the details of the amendments and the treaty law sections and boring and yada. Boring but, paperwork forever. But... but Part of this is being that human plants and the treaty can advance technologically to the point that they would be a threat to the ghoul, and that level can be decided by the system lords, at which point Jack is like, hold the fucking This is why it's important to read the terms and conditions on all of your contracts, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So they're going to limit Earth's development, since Cronus points out that the treaty recognizes that the human species exists for the purpose of serving the ghoul as hosts and slaves. Hey, that's new. Did Jack or Hammond or the president or anyone get a copy of this shit to read? Nope. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure they would not be flying with any of yeah. that. I think the Asgard was like a like a like a shitty used car salesman. Probably. Was like, yeah, yeah, here, just just sign this thing. Just sign it. It's no, it's no big deal. It's just it's something. not missing a page. No. Or ten. Everything's fine. Everything's Jack, fine. Jack can't believe this. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing Cronus points out, or do you think <laughs> you points out one of the two? Mm-hmm. Um, they want the Stargate, both of them. Yeah. Now. Yeah. That's a over. problem. That's a big problem. Jeez. 
So back in the briefing room, they're discussing the demands. Uh, yeah. There are serious concerns on both sides. This is actually a really good scene. Um, but it comes down to the fact that, you know, look, Sim says that anyone here, if you honestly think that you sh- we should not accept the proposal, tell me why I will pass it to the president and I'll give you serious weight. That's, yeah. Because the president, I, I like, because the president is not there. Mm-hmm. The president knows that these people are the ones on the front lines. Right. The president knows that these people have concerns that there's concerns to be listened to. Right. So. No, I love this part. And it was, you know, it's really hard to come to any official that comes into into our, our base now. Yeah. You always approach a little wary just because of who we had to deal with in the past. But this line was like, oh, okay. This guy's kind of given us yeah. our right place because we know what we're talking about. But it's a good point. This yeah. is a really tough decision. And Jack Jack Kid doesn't know what side he's falling down on because he has the conversation later with with Thor. Right. Actually, in the next scene, yes, he beams up to Thor's ship and he's like, "Look, we haven't reached a decision yet, but I want to know what you would do." Yeah, this is where Thor basically becomes uh, Yoda at him. Yeah, and he's like, "Let me give you no answer except no all answer. the answers, but no answer." He was like, "I'm not going to give you an opinion." And, yeah. And Jack tries to get information out of Thor. Thor's not having it. It's like the episode of Gilmore Girls when Rory gets proposed to by Logan and Lorelai's like, I can't tell you what to do. It's like when you wanted to be a turtle and a bird in a Halloween costume and then you ended up being a turtle bird. But it's exactly like that. There are some decisions that we cannot have other people make for us. But, you know, I can see where Jack is like, look, I'm not trying to have you make this decision. He's like, but you know more about this world. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like, are, he's like, I don't even know if the Gould are going to buy by this treaty. He's like, look, you know, it seems simple on the offset. You either give up the Stargate or you're destroyed. Right. He's like, but it is completely not that simple. Right. And everyone knows it's not that simple. Yeah. He's like, I just need a nod if there's another way. <laughs> I love this part. Yeah. He's like, but no, he gets sent back. But wait, is that a nod? Did you, Normally did you not, a nod is an up and down and you just kind of went down. Blink, blink if you need blink? me to do anything. Did, did you blink? Yeah. Blink twice. But, you know, I I am glad I'm not one of the people having to make this decision because, yeah. you those know. Those are never, you. I don't, I think those are calls that you never feel good with whatever you, no, you make. No, it's, it's not because, you know, it, it. It does seem simple. Mm-hmm. Give up this one device and the entire world is saved. And then what? But then you give up everything. Yes. Yeah. But it, it, it's one of those, What was like, the lesson we learned earlier? It's, like, better to, to die on your feet than the, live on your knees. Yes. Exactly. Giving up the Stargate puts us in this place where it, we're just living on our knees. It does. And, and, you know, this is... And Sims points out, and he points to the Stargate, and, and he's like, this is one of the most... This is the most important thing on the planet. Yeah. This is the single most important you know, endeavor that we have Mm -hmm. and you can't, you know, it is the question of, do you give this single thing up to, to hopefully guarantee the safety of everyone on the planet? Or do you keep this as, as not necessarily this defiant stance, but do you keep this in the way of like, we're not going to bow to you. We are independent to ourselves. And we're independent and, and, you know, we can still abide by this treaty and still keep this amazingly helpful tool that we have. Yeah, it's, you know, you create the boundaries. You decide, hey. And there's some pride in that. Yeah, we're just going to do whatever you need us to do so that we can stay alive because we're meek and and lame. We know. Or we're going to be our own fucking thing. And we know, you know, for example, humans tend to have an issue with pride sometimes. Oh, and independence. And independence. That happens sometimes. It's That is both our greatest strength and our Achilles heel at the same time. It's kind of the greatest part of what we are. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Sims gets off the red phone in Hammond's office. The president has accepted, has decided to accept the decision okay. to get rid of the Stargate and accept the treaty. Um, but as Daniel goes and gets them, uh, a medical emergency on the level the Gould are stationed on, uh, and J- Daniel goes running, it's Cronus and Teal'c in Cronus's quarters, and both of, both of them are very bloody and very unconscious. Yeah, that's not a good sign. So the infirmary, Janet tells us that Teal'c took a major blow to the head. Junior's working on it, but not really sure how long yeah, he's going to Yeah, I've never out. seen Teal'c look this bloody. Yeah. Like, this was a fucked up blow. Like, yeah. I wish we could have seen a little bit of that fight, that off-camera fight. Yeah, the off-camera fight. But man, that was a good hit. Yeah. Uh, and Cronus, on the other hand, the host is dying, and it's too severe for a symbiote to do anything. And Janet's like, look, it could be hours or it could be minutes, but yes. he's going to die, and there's nothing yeah. we can do about it. Uh, meanwhile, Sam has something on the video she wants everyone to look at. It shows Tilk walking into Cronus's room. 
Dana doesn't think that he'd sacrifice Earth for a personal vendetta. And they're like, come again for Big Fudge. Yeah. No one else knows about that. And we get our for crying out loud for the episode yes. from, from Jack. <laughs> um, and he tells, you know, he's like, so here's what happened. Yeah. I love the way that Daniel approaches this. Like, everyone is just supposed to know this information. Daniel's the kind of person that you don't tell secrets to because it's not that he doesn't want to keep your secret. It's yeah. just that he's dumb. Well, and he also says, he's like, and Jack's like, why didn't we know this beforehand? And Daniel's like, well, he confided this in me. Yeah. Like, he wants to keep your secret, but he's just But this is also a it. time and place to come forth sure. with that information. But I think he would have done the same thing if it would have been like, hey, I like this girl and we're 14. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but they have to tell the gold something. Sure. They don't want to give up Teal because they still don't think, he, they know he didn't cause this, but lying could make it way worse. Um, but they're like, maybe one of the gold can still help Cronus. That's fair. So needless to say, they're pissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hammond tries to point out that they still don't know what happened. You says the person responsible should pay, and Nearty says everyone on the planet should pay. Yeah, hey, hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Uh, and they're like, we can't do anything in these primitive facilities. But Sam's like, hey, we got you a healing device. Yeah. Try this. Uh, this is what we showed to the audience Remember that earlier. time that we all looked at this thing and we're like, look, healing device. Mm-hmm. It's like when the DM gives you uh, healing potions and you're like, we're about to hit some real shit. Or it's like when you're playing a video game and you're yeah. like, why is there all this weapons and ammo here? Yeah. Why is this? This is not I a good sign. I should collect this all this. This is not a good sign. I'm about to die. I'm going to die so big. Anyway. So, <laughs> the RT tries a healing device. It doesn't mm-hmm. do anything. Um, apparently, he's too far gone. They need a sarcophagus. <laughs> we don't have one. Nope, that's so not going to happen. So, they're going to take him. They're going to take him immediately and go. Mm-hmm. Back on Thor's ship, they're like, well, they can't just take Cronus because they're going to attack. Right. But if they don't take Cronus and we hold them, the rest of the system lords will attack. Yeah, someone will be attacking. So Jack's not going to just hand Teal'c over. Uh, and the High Guard High Council, Asgard High Council, has ordered Thor to leave orbit. Nice timing, dude. Yeah. Um, to borrow a, a human euphemism, it's not a perfect galaxy. Yeah. Their I like hands that are it's, tied. I like that it's a human euphemism. Yeah. It's like, because, you know, all the humans just speak human. Yep. <laughs> yep. In the negotiating room, you you and Nirti demand to leave. Hammond's not going to let them go. Uh, the system lords will attack if they let them leave. They're going to attack if we don't let you leave. Right. Um, but there's one rule with this negotiation we haven't broke yet until now when we have all the armed guards come in. Ta-da! So in Hammond's office, they have no clue when the attack's going to come. The president is writing a statement. And Jack's like, man, this got a hand real yeah. quick. Yeah, remember that time that you guys put me in charge of diplomacy? Let's never do that again. And today will no longer be known as the 4th of July. Today the world <laughs> cried out in one voice. We will not go quietly into the night. That's actually the statement. He's just reading the, the, yeah. state, the, the quote from yeah, Independence just, Day. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be fair, that's better than anything you come up with a script anyway, so that works. As you just steal it. You yeah, just credit the writers. And you no one's going to have a problem if you steal yeah. that right there. Just, and you could even have Jack say, if like the movie Independence Day, yes, and then go into exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Hammond gets a call then that Teal'c is awake. So Teal'c says that Cronus requested his presence. And when he got there, Cronus says that, nope, I didn't call you. And then mm. they were both attacked by an invisible force. Interesting. Teal'c didn't detect a Ritu. Uh, and Teal'c doesn't know if, that any ghoul has any stealth technology. Uh, Haldar could appear and disappear, but she's dead. Right? Yeah. She's dead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, where I think we're a little, like, uh, traumatized by yeah, Hathor, and basically. it's like, oh, fuck, is she back? Basically, Her yeah. and her shitty hair. Uh, the other favorite part of the scene is where Jack just starts insulting the ghoul here, and in the middle of the insulsion, yeah. uh, Sam's like, I have a plan. He's like, hang on, let me finish this. And Jack's I'm not, but I'm not done insulting them yet. Yeah, I have more things to say. I have more things. <laughs> so Sam tries a healing device in Cronus. Takes a couple tries, but it works. Right. She heals Cronus. Um, although Cronus assumes it was to save their own destruction. Right. Partly, yes. You know what, motherfucker? Yes, you're not grateful that you're not dead. You're not dead. You're alive. I don't care why you did it. Thanks for making me not dead. Exactly. Yeah. So the treaty won't happen now since Cronus, uh, Cronus says that Nirti and you have no doubt blamed the attack on the Tari. Mm-hmm. Um, Cronus knows that it wasn't the Tari. Right. Uh, Jack uh, asks if they, if look, if we can prove which one of those assholes did this, mm-hmm. what is it worth to you? Right. So they're pretty certain that Nirti did it because it's, she was the it's one. A that, chance of opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she had the healing device and tried. She clearly faked it. So like, clearly this is Nirti. Yeah. 
Um, so they're going to bluff it out of her. Yeah. In the negotiating room, uh, they know that Neoti faked the healing device, which mm-hmm. she denies. But they also uh, know that she, they're like, look, we know you have the tech to become invisible, which she strongly denies. Right. A little too much, maybe. Yeah. Um, but they're like, look, we called the Tok'ra. We know you've been experimenting to a phase shifting to fight the Ritu. That pisses you off, which yes. sets them against Nirti. Which is perfection. That's all you oh, really need. It's a great... Set them against each other. They word spar, and suddenly she disappears. Oh, weird. She, like, goes and she knocks down all the guards. She picks up one of the guards' guns, and she opens fire. She runs down the hallway, but there is Sam with a T.E.R. that corners her. Good thing that Tok'ra left us with the yes. T.E.R.s. Um, and Sam really, really wants to demonstrate how the TVRs work. I love this work. scene for multiple reasons. <laughs> I love this scene because, one, Sam's just kind of like, I'm a badass right here, yes. and you're going to go out, yep. and this is how it's going to happen. Also, I've got to really dig the effects work that they did here. Yeah. The nice little, like, they managed to, I, you know, just some it's sort of nice mask work. It's a nice little subtle mask, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little mask work. They somehow managed to keep the gun in the frame and keep yep. her out of there, like, when she drops the gun. It was nice, skillful, and subtle Clean, effects. and very clean. clean. Yeah. You don't have to do too much. I don't need sparkles around it or anything. Absolutely, yeah. It to me, the reason is because that's kind of stuff that that looks what you imagine it would actually look like. Yeah, it's one of those things where the best effects are the ones you don't notice. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, We did notice it because we pointed out, but that's because we are trained guys to look perfect. There's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason. Um, So my job. (laughs) Back in the room with you, Jack says that Cronus. um, Cronus is like, look, he would support the treaty without giving up the Stargates. You agrees to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in the gate room, uh, Cronus and you have near T captured. Between them, they're heading back through the gate. They won't attack the Tari, but be warned. Mm-hmm. If they continue to use the gate, anyone caught by System Lord will not be shown mercy. They yeah. will be tortured. It yeah. will be bad. Like, that's going to happen. We're just going to stop using the gate. Exactly. Um, and Jack's like, well, that will just make life a little more interesting. Uh-huh. I want it. Yeah. Come get me. <laughs> and it ends. Yeah. Um, and I think with the, the last, maybe the last shot, we see the Asgard leaving orbit. I was like, didn't they leave orbit a while ago? Yeah. Anyway. Um, I dig it. I like the end. I like Cronus's slightly empty-ish threat. Like, yeah. I know it may not be empty, but to us, it's, it's like a child who got in trouble and is like, don't do that again. It's like, oh yeah, no, we totally just won't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So on the numbers, we have a 24th for crying out loud. Yep. Um, and where does this go in your rankings? Um, okay, so we don't have very many to go with. Nope. But I think we're going to go at number two. Okay. It goes above Seth. Yeah. Because uh, uh, just to be very open about where things are going, Seth and staying on my countdown. No, it's right not. Long. It's not. There's just not a lot to it there. <laughs> no. Uh, fair Game is, is again, it's, it's another... Uh, weekly episode yeah um there's a little bit of like looking into the future um i i really just love all the different um mythologies we touch on i love all the mythologies we touch on um i love the idea of 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 jack trying to be a diplomat which is just not what jack (laughs) is built for he's just not built no really yeah Um, um and i like the asgard being yoda yeah. <laughs> uh, this actually jumps to number one on my Ooh. list for season three. I just really like this episode. You know me. I'm a sucker for any good mythology episode. That, yep, that's not um, a I think yeah. this really paves a way, and you can see after this episode, um, like, this is not giving spoilers. But as you look at this episode, you can guess where the show is going. Yeah, there's groundwork being laid Groundwork is laid here. Now, whether that groundwork is used, whether we go down that road is, is, you know, who knows? Yeah. But there is some great groundwork laid in this episode. We see possible scenarios in the future. I like this one also because um, it is a really good mix of I want to say it's a really realistic episode to me with an extraordinary characters and extraordinary situation but oh I mean I as like, far as the, di- the yeah. like the negotiating goes exactly. and then dealing with other forces and, yeah. and, and different sources of power yes. absolutely I, I, absolutely I love, love when we take an this could be an episode of the West Wing exactly yeah. but instead of different countries it's the Gould yeah like, no, this, yeah this is absolutely I love true. situations like yeah. that when we take we take sort of this really sci-fi this really fantasy situation and we put it in a fairly mundane story right it's the superhuman parts of it don't take over the parts exactly. that still there's these are just the basic of, means of how there's we something have to about that that I will always love in a story. Uh, I dig so. that. I dig that. That's that's totally worth putting in at number yeah. one. 
Um, so, anything else about this episode? I think I got all the things covered. I think I covered most of it. I really just like the mythology. I will probably dig deeper into it. And, yeah. And again, to like adopt this podcast that I really listen to, I may go to the Myths and Legends podcast <laughs> and see if they have anything yeah, on you I, or near tea. I definitely or will. I definitely will as well. Yeah. Um, done and done. If we're toting random podcasts, I'm just going to call out for Science Versus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm really loving the episode. It's on a second season. I think it's fun because uh, I like anything that looks... She is an amazing host. I forget her name off the top of my head. She's an amazing host, but she and she takes these different subjects and she she's like purely going on the science and the research. Oh, cool. And she's like doesn't care about what the popular opinion says about it. Got it. And they break it down. And I really enjoy it because she's a really cute, bubbly Australian woman who does it. Done and done. So listen to our podcast and then go listen to Myths and Legends and then go listen to Science Science Versus. Versus. Yes. Um, But thank you again for listening to us. Uh, What's next week? Next week is Legacy, which I actually am really excited for you to watch because I think this is an episode that is going to be so directly up your wheelhouse. Yes. Um, I'm I'm really excited. excited, So Sweet. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up because the storm is hitting yes. monumentous proportions. Storm wave round two is coming yeah, our way. It's, it's, uh, I blame Stormageddon. Um, <laughs> and uh, so thanks again for listening. Uh, tune in next week for Legacy. For Legacy. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Terra Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at There's No Place Like Terra. You can also email us at There's No Place Like Terra at gmail.com. Uh, we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.